0: The reading is taken from 1 John 4, verse 7 to 16. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world Thank you, Toby and Orphy. Lovely. Wonderful. Well, we're going to um, take some time looking at that passage, and um, it's me again. And um, yeah, wonderful. If, you, if you've got a Bible, you wanted to keep that open. And um, it's one week till Christmas. <laughs> And uh, I kind of know about you, but it's quite nice having this little moment sandwiched between all the hecticness, and especially in church, we've had cow services, we've had nativities, we've had shoppers haven, it was full on last week, isn't it? Ooh. And uh, obviously Christmas is coming around the corner, and it's quite nice to have a little, little moment to stop and to uh, uh, kind of reflect what it means to be uh, church family uh, as we come into the Christmas season. Now, some of us have just finished term and are looking forward to a few days' rest before Christmas. Very nice, if that is you. Like um, some of our family, I've got one kid who's um, off school, finished, and the other two have to get till Wednesday, and that has caused a bit of tension in the family. If I must I must admit, um, for some, maybe in the kind of financial. Pro- uh, or, or um, um, kind of professional services, this time of year can be incredibly busy with like looming deadlines. Maybe you're in uh, the medical world and things don't, don't slow down at all. Maybe they actually they get busier. Some of us this time of year is a, a joy and you love it and it's such a wonderful thing. But there'll be some of us who dread it as it exasperates feelings of loneliness and puts those kind of spotlight on loss and those who are not there at this season. And we were very much aware of that this morning as we saw the family of those who, who've lost their, their, their mum and uh, grandmother and, hus- and wife of Sheila. So just for the next uh, Ten or so minutes. Um, we're just going to look and focus on these beautiful words that we've just heard from one chapter, so one John chapter four, about the love of God and its impact on our lives and the relationships it had with, with one another. Um, this subject of what is love is one of the most searched for phrases internationally on Google. Uh, it's, so it's a subject that people want answers too, and it's easy to find stuff all over the internet about about um, about love you know what happens when we fall in love how to fall in love the benefits of being in love however there is very little given about why we love anything in the first place why have we been created to love and the answer is just wonderfully in this passage Verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. What What does love look like? It looks like God. God's existence has always been and will always be one of love. In verse 10, and this is kind of the take home verse. If you want to, like, this is your own Bible, don't do it to our Bibles, you know, you can just highlight it and scribble all over it. But um, it says this This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay, so, so God loves us, but we can all have different images come to mind when we hear uh, that God loves us. And often we can have a messed up definition of what love really is. Maybe to do with you know, our upbringing, our circumstances, our relationships. And usually it's conditional. We love someone because they fulfill a condition that we require before we can love them. How many times have you heard it say, you know, I love you because you're you are, you are good to me. I love you because you, are, you, are, you take care of me. I love you because you're fun to be with. Our love is corrupted as a wounded person tries hard to share their version of love. And then there's the media and social media with movies and television that are often portraying love purely as a physical experience. Can anyone really comprehend unconditional love? And I say, I'd say that the love that maybe parents have for their children, uh, though this love is still imperfect and has limitations, might be the closest kind of image of unconditional love we can get. You know, I will continue to love my daughters through good times and bad I won't stop loving them if they don't meet my expectations of of what they're going to do in their lives. I make a choice to love them even when I consider them to be acting unlovable. And that does happen. My love doesn't stop when I don't feel the warm, fuzzy glow for my children. It doesn't stop even in those moments. This is similar to God's love for us. But as we shall see, God's love transcends the human definition of love to a point that it's, it's hard for us to fully comprehend. What would true unconditional love look like to you? Well, immediately, I think of those verses in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, It's often read at weddings. uh, And um, and verses 4 and 5 provide a descriptive list of what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. This is like the the ultimate definition of love, one that we in our relationships will struggle to live up to as we will only know in perfect love. We can't, our love is flawed, isn't it? But God's love is perfect. Everything God does, he does in love. Every decision he makes, every thought he has, every action he takes is rooted in love. God does nothing in your life unless it's based on love. The only language God speaks is love. When you hear God speak into your life, and sometimes we're worried about what God's going to say oh, maybe he's going to make my life miserable, take away all the good things. Whenever God speaks into our life, it's always words of unconditional love. And it's going to sound like the words from 1 Corinthians 13. Is this the image that you have come to your mind when you hear that God is love? Well, if you don't know the gospel today, what the ultimate expression of love looks like, then it's summed up in verses 9 and 10 in our passage. And I'm going to just read it from the message version, so it's slightly different. It says this, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. You see the gospel right in those couple verses. And what makes us a church family? What makes us a healthy church family is we live as people who know we are loved by God. And when that happens, it just changes everything. It, has, it impacts all our relationships, all our decisions when we have that uh, idea that we are loved by God. And that love, that, and and it's a love that costs Jesus everything. A love that can forgive all our mistakes, heal all our hurts, never let us down or ever leave us. It's a perfect love that gives us peace. And if you want that love, then I just encourage you to come and speak to someone who you came with, come and speak to us, or we'll pray. We'll, I'll invite people to you know, be prayed for at the end. Come and experience that love for you. And the second thing I want to just get from this passage is we are made to love one another. God loves us, we are made to love one another. Verse 11, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Now, this is not an easy task for some people, like, really are difficult difficult to love. They are, like, you know, inconsiderate, uh, you know, thankless people who just, you know, just throw stuff back in your face. I don't know if anyone knows that. Anyone knows people like that? Well, I know, I know a few. Uh, uh, in my previous job, I have to go back to my previous job because clearly none of these these characteristics are here in HT. In my previous job, I was also a youth pastor. I was down with it. I did, yeah, I was good with young people. Yeah, you like you too. And over the years of working with young people, I met many youth who had you know, troubled backgrounds uh, that would ultimately, you know, test my ability to love them. Acts of kindness and generosity were often thrown. Back into uh, my face. Their lives could go from bad to worse. And it was sometimes hard to love people who just don't show much back. They don't always show much back. You can serve them and love them, but they don't say, well, that was a great sermon. You don't say that to when your are teenager. Oh, they're harsh. But we are to love them all the same. Not with gritted teeth, but praying that God will give us a love that is patient and is kind as we read in 1 Corinthians 13. In verse 12, it says this, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is perfected in us. I love that. The closer we get to God, the, the, the more transformative we are to those who come near us. And that, you know, that, that we just have a great love for those who may be just really difficult to be with. And I just know that my love for people increases the more time I spend with God. I would start just to reveal Jesus just through being with them, spending time and genuinely caring for them. Uh, There was this one young person, a teenager that I I worked with, and it just uh, that who just gave me just plenty of frustration. He tested my patience. He deceived me. He stole from me. He kept getting in trouble. He got in trouble with the law as well. And he he was a gifted rap artist. And he sent me a song that he wrote about about me and as an intro to his album. Yeah, I'm on an album. I don't know if you guys are on an album, but I've made it onto an album. It's a rap album, so that says something. And it's only short, and I read it with a bit of a disclaimer, that there were, there were other people in his life and impacting him, but I got into the song, so they didn't. But um, something clearly rubbed off on him, and I wanted to share just the impact of this love, this patient, this ongoing love had on this one young man. He said this, I'm not going to rap it, I'm just going to say it, sorry. I don't know how to rap, okay? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Since I remember this guy was always there, supporting me through the times when life weren't treating me fair. And when everyone left me alone, out on the cold roads, he was there, invited me to his own home. Madness, yeah, I know. And when I needed money, he was like, here you go, still ain't paying him back. But love is what you show he straightened me out when i was ready to blow and when i was um, when i was on the road stealing drug dealing he was like no (laughs) yes yes yeah there it is (laughs) now this guy was far from perfect and but the love of god you know through me the other youth leaders some of my colleagues you know it changed him it challenged him and you know it had an impact on his life and um despite all his flaws he had a new confidence in him and he knew he was loved and he could be kind of he could love others and it was just clear that transformation in his life now the, the challenge that we face Uh, Is this To be effective witnesses of Christians, if that's what you are today, if you're a Christian, is not to be the most read, you know, clearly that helps to read, but to be culturally relevant or to be well-spoken, but it's just to be completely and utterly sold out for Jesus. And that really is what it's all about. When you love him, you will love others in a way that, that that's just like Jesus. And people see authenticity of that in you when you are just sold out. People see through hypocrisy and you know you're just words, but actually when you are just sold out, it's beautiful. So I just really encourage you in there. So, what does this look like in practice? Um, just I'm not gonna be very long here. How can we show love to one another in a transformative uh way? Well, the first one is to pray for one another. Um, Jesus would often rise early to pray uh and kind of and go off to away from his disciples and you know and just meet with the Lord, so important, he cried out um, in prayer to the Father uh, when, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, remember that, and his disciples were laying him down, he was crying out to the Father, and what he was doing, what he was praying for in that time, he's, he he found um, heart space to pray for us, pray for, for uh, the disciples, but also the church, for the believers to be brought into complete unity, so they would be, that they will know that God's sent Jesus, that says in John 17, verses 20 to 23, he was praying for the church. And the longer I've been a Christian, the more I've discovered that prayer is the most practical thing to be done when faced with any issues, particularly kind of relational issues that go on. And they, you know, they happen over Christmas, don't they? When we're facing, you know, when we're finding one another difficult, we feel misunderstood or overlooked or we feel hurt of all sorts. You know, prayer is the most effective antidote so so helpful as we talk to god about our grievances and our anxiety he helps us to see maybe things from the other person's perspective and and uh, also has an inconvenient habit of like highlighting some of our own flaws in those times and um and so it's so valuable and so when circumstances overwhelm us or friends or family encounter illness or tough times the best place to start is offering in offering support is to cry out in prayer on their behalf. And uh, I just wanna encourage you, why not, as we go into a new year, say, actually, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna start praying more. Maybe it's coming to the prayer gathering on Wednesday nights, or just praying more on your own, whatever it is, or grabbing someone to pray. Just pray more. There's nothing greater that you could be doing. The other thing, um, what way we can kind of uh, demonstrate love is reach out to one another. And sometimes we are the ones reaching out and asking for help. And sometimes we're those with outstretched arms saying, I I need help. And that's the wonderful thing of church. We can do do both. And uh, these verses really encourage us to have open hearts and open arms for one another. The verses in 1 John declare that our love for one another will be a wonderful distinctive about the church. Yeah, that people will see us, see the church that is true and genuine just by the way we love one another. So I would just challenge you this week, next few weeks, uh, um, to, to think about how we can love and support one another. Maybe even look around this room now, people you've come with, people you see across the room, and, uh, and, say, and ask the Lord to put someone in your heart that you could come alongside and encourage and to be a blessing to. And the, just the final way. I think we can really demonstrate love is just by serving one another. Serving one another. Jesus, our servant king, is our model of selfless service. And serving can bring so much joy. If you, de- you haven't tried it already in church, it's so much joy. We just finished Alpha. Alpha. And uh, the team, it's a joyful thing to be part of a team. The kitchen team, they just enjoyed it. They served week in and week out, and they loved it. Those who serve in, you know, refreshments there, or our the welcome team, or the youth team, they like, yeah. And, you know, the children's team, yeah, they like doing children's stuff. And the student team, there you go. I'm giving you all shout-outs. You know, it is a joy. It is a joy. So if you aren't already serving, why don't you think about how you can serve? And we talk about the 345 service. Why not consider serving there? That could be a way that you could really bless others and demonstrate love. So as I close, um, and as, as we're kind of entering into the final countdown to Christmas, remember that we are a church family because of the love of God has for each of us. Just know that God loves you. And that the world will know who Jesus is by the love we show one another. Okay, it's not it's not good enough just to be fringe coming on Sundays. Yeah, that's not enough We need to learn to love one another and that's costly. It takes time coming along see people and being with one another Um, So as I finish I just want to just read an extract of a book You know many of you have heard or read it the purpose-driven life by Rick Warren a wonderful book And I just really got even got a clap there Um, I just want to read a little extract of it and why you just Why don't you just close your eyes? And just hear these words, and this is just how the Lord sees you, and uh, it's so helpful if I have our identity uh, kind of restored, uh, knowing of what God thinks of us. Just let me read this to you. You were planned for God's pleasure. The moment you were born into the world, God was there as an unseen witness, smiling at your birth. He wanted you alive, and your arrival gave him great pleasure. God did not need to create you, but he chose to create you for his own enjoyment. You exist for his benefit, his glory, his purpose, and his delight. Bringing enjoyment to God, living for his pleasure, is the first purpose of your life. When you fully understand this truth, you will never again have a problem with uh, with feeling insignificant. It proves your worth. If you are that important to God, And he considers you valuable enough to keep with him for eternity. What greater significance could you have? You are a child of God. And you bring pleasure to God like nothing else he has ever created. Let me just pray for us as we finish. Lord God, I thank you that you are love. I thank you that we know to love because you are love help us to just grasp your love for us and help us in turn to be those that love others they walk in a confidence uh, that uh, we are we are our identity is in you And uh, that uh, we can love others. And as we go about our Christmas season, as we have family Christmases, maybe with people interacting with people who don't know you, help us to be uh, uh, just wonderful witnesses of you because we love people. Even when they're being rude or difficult or just challenging, Lord, help us to love them. Help us to know that we also are just, uh, are just just filled with your love today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we leave this space full of the love of God. Come Holy Spirit and meet with us now. We can't do this without you. Just take a moment and just make that personal to you. If there's a, just a cry of your heart to know the love of God, or to be someone who's to be a, a deliverer, a dispenser of love to others. Won't you just just speak to the Lord now?